Dokuma podcast listener. It's been two weeks, and we hope you missed us as much as we've missed you. We're back today with episode number four, where we're going to talk about the phenomenon of skin bleaching. So your mind probably goes a thousand different directions when you hear that. Ours certainly did. Um, so we'll spend this episode delving deeper into why we think this phenomenon exists. But first, it's icebreaker time. So Adam, you want to kick us off? Sure. And this time we're going to get a little bit personal and talk about our skincare routines. So I guess anything you do to your face from in a 24-hour time period. So I'm going to start because mine will literally take two seconds to get through. So when I wake up in the morning, when I take a shower. I prefer a very hot shower. And I wash my face with Clearasil acne treatment because I have really oily skin. And my dermatologist was like, just wash your face with Clearasil and you'll be good. And I've been doing that since I've been 15. So I wash my face with Clearasil. Sometimes the exfoliating one, and then sometimes the one that doesn't have exfoliating beads so that it doesn't hurt my skin. So I wash that. And then I don't wipe my face with a towel, though. I let it air dry because I read somewhere on Twitter that our towels are dirty because we we wipe everywhere with it. And then our faces are very sensitive that you shouldn't do that. So I don't do that. So I just let it air dry or I take a napkin and just dab it dry. Twitter is a reliable source. And then it is a reliable source because it's been helping me keep my face clean. So then after I do that, I get some turmeric fancy oil thingy and dab a little drops on my face, like three dabs on my face and then let the oil moisturize my face. And then I go to work. And then when I come home, when I'm not tired and I feel like it, I wash my face again and do the same oil thing. So it's literally two products that I use for my face. And then the third product is that I mind my business. (laughs) And then the fourth product is that I drink water. So Clearasil, turmeric oil, minding my business, and drinking water. I'm going to stop that skincare routine routine? because mine, yeah, mine's um, interesting. So I'm not person who tries everything. If you tell me this is going to work on my face, mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. Um, so I've tried, <laughs> I've tried Aveeno. So I'll, tell, I'll start with the ones that I've found to have worked for me. Um, and I'll talk about some other things mm-hmm. that I've tried that just didn't work. So Aveeno is a good brand okay. overall. I like their products because it's good for sensitive skin. I have oily, acne-prone, sensitive skin. So not a good combination. In my skincare routine... I mm-hmm. wash my face also in the shower, but I exfoliate with like an exfoliating brush. Um, sometimes it's a bit harsh on my face, so I don't do it every day. Okay. But I start there, and then I've been using this um, product called Mario Badescu. It's like a a, a suite of products. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I thought it was going to be when I got the suggestion. I was like, mm, no. But one, I had a gift card, and two, I tried it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought it. It was like $38 for four different products. And I've been using that, and my skin has really cleared up. Like, it's okay. smoothed out a lot. So I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I, I exfoliate in the shower, I'll use, like, the face wash, and there's this face lotion, and then um, vitamin E drops that I use on my face. And then I do, like, it comes with a mask that mm-hmm. I try, that I do once a week. So that's been my most consistent routine. Okay. But I've tried everything. Um, black soap. I've tried 
Oh, black pepper. I tried that too. It dries out your face. Yes. And I thought it would be good since I have oily skin, but it over dries mm-hmm. my skin. So I put more oil. Um, I've tried um, different gel for acne. Okay. So that one I now just use as a spot treatment. If I had like a breakout, I might just put it on the drops. I mean, on the on the spots itself, but I don't use it consistently. Um, but no, I've, I've tried everything. I, I do the turmeric masks every now and then. So I'll just take mm-hmm. turmeric, add some yogurt to it and put it on my face. It's really good for uh, taking care of discoloration, mm-hmm. but um, it stains your face. So I don't use it often. But yeah, no, my skincare routine is not as concise or um, clear as yours is. So I might have to adopt yours. <laughs> yeah. And I think there Clarissa so. owes me a check <laughs> because I've said their name at in this podcast like three times. That is true. You got you to gotta, uh, tag them. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Though. I mean, skin, It's for me, it's a struggle. Um, I, I admire people who have, like, when you say you've been using, uh, what is it, Cetaphil? Clearasil. Clearasil, mm-hmm. since you were 15. Mind-boggling. Because I, I, I'm so bad at sticking to something. Yes, I because I'm patient. It reflects just my, in general, how I am in life. I don't. If something works, why mm-hmm. do I have to change it? I'm going to stick with it. That's just how I am with everything. Uh, I need to get more like that. I'm like, ooh, new product. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. Everything does the same thing. It's just like different marketing to get I'm you to buy it. just using credit all over. <laughs> awesome. That was for the topic. So we're digressing. Topic, yes. We're going to be talking about skin bleaching. So... Yes, we are. Um, we're going to give an overview of what it looks like in the Senegalese community um, and mm-hmm. how it manifests itself in the people of Senegal, so mainly the women. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get into that, but really what we want to talk about is um, the reasons why people might bleach their skin. Um, mm-hmm. What we've, you know, learned in our discussions is that it's not a so clear cut. And there is no yeah. one reason why someone might bleach. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that and uh, give our thoughts on why people bleach and some of the, when we say phenomenon, what does that mean? So the commercial aspect of it and and then we'll bring it back to the U.S. So how does skin bleaching show up in, in the U.S. context? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like you said, is like when we talk about skin bleaching, there's so many different parts to it. Mm-hmm. There's the bleach itself that people, when they talk about the bleach itself, how it has all of these chemicals in it that are not good for our skin. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the person who's using the bleach and how, why they're using it mm-hmm. and things like that. And then the other aspect is how society influences the person who's bleaching. Yes. So those are the sort of the three lenses in which I've seen the skin bleaching topic be addressed. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to sort of talk about it in those three lenses, but also bring in new inputs and remind people that the person who is using the bleach is also an individual. Yes. And that society is also made up of individuals who all don't think and act the same. So there's not it's not going to be a sort of a single narrative we're going to tell here in the podcast because I don't think it's fair. Yeah. Um, when we discuss this topic, to do it in that way. No, a single narrative definitely doesn't exist. Um, 
everyone mm-hmm. has their reasons. And yeah. you know, the hard part about talking about this is rarely do you have someone sit down and say, here's why I bleached. Yeah. We're, we're making assumptions and we're drawing conclusions mm-hmm. based on things that we think um, are what's going on, but we could be wrong. So we welcome mm-hmm. also different opinions. Yeah. So it is a phenomenon in Senegal, like you said, like when you put on the TV, the television hosts, the main characters in a TV show, mm-hmm. the women who are popular on social media, Bleach, the singer who was not bleaching in 1990 is bleaching now in 2019. It's like, it's become so normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when those same folks come over to the U.S., when, when you take them out of that context, like when you see, let's say, a famous Senegalese singer here in the U.S. just walking around, you realize, wait, they look different than people here. In the, like in terms of the, the color of their skin, it looks, you can tell that they yeah. bleach. Whereas when they're moving around, walking about in Senegal, it doesn't look as stark. Yes. Yeah. But people bleach for different reasons, like you said. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them is like a self-confidence, like feeling like a, like a way of beautification, basically. It's like the way you put on mascara in the mm-hmm. morning or the way you put foundation on your face. It's just like skin bleach is just another aspect, yeah. another step in looking beautiful. And it can be beauty for yourself. Like this is what you're make you think that if, well, I don't want to say, I don't yeah. want to speak for people. But this is what I think. So I think maybe it can be like making it attractive for yourself, making yourself attractive but for yourself. I have making... there. I think, I mean, I've heard it where people say, uh, like one example is if you're approaching an event. So let's say you're getting married or you just had a baby and your baptism mm-hmm. is coming up. Your baby baptism. Yeah. People say, I've heard it where they say you should, you know, lighten your skin so that you can pop on your day so that you don't kind of blend mm. in. So, you know, in, in helping yep. you out with the argument that we're not putting things in people's mouths, I have heard where people have made that argument mm-hmm. that if you bleach your skin, then on your special day, you stand out more. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. So then that, that yeah. that's one reason. I think another reason um, is job opportunities. So, and, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about this later when we talk about the, like bringing it back to the U.S., but back home, um, being seen as that attractive, light skin um, or, or just more beautiful because you have fairer skin sometimes leads to job opportunities or, or different opportunities that um, your mm-hmm. darker counterpart may not have. Um, so like you said, uh, if you turn on the TV, mm-hmm. the protagonists of a lot of series are light skin um or or have bleached their skin um so i want to differentiate between the people who are born with light skin and the people who bleached but uh it it gets back Mm -hmm. to why people bleach is they want to look like they were born with it (laughs) if done right um but yeah having Mm -hmm. those those main leading roles because you have the the lighter skin is definitely a reality Mm -hmm. and when in a country too where lots of um men Hold, are the breadwinners and hold the money and the economic power. If you want to enter those spaces, you have to mm-hmm. be attractive to men because the men will are go, they're, they're gonna marry you, you're gonna have access to their wealth, um, or you don't have to marry them. You can 
chop their money. And if you're going to chop their money, you have to be yeah. attractive to them, right? So then lots of women bleach knowing that these men like mm-hmm. lighter-skinned women. And it's our men here, too. Our men who are here in the U.S. Oh, I hate, <laughs> I hate saying our men. I'm sorry. But when I say our yeah. men, I mean Senegalese men. When Senegalese men go to, in the U.S., go back home, they also tend to find lighter-skinned women attractive, too. Which makes sense because here in the U.S., yes, there's colorism as well. So, so then when women back home, when they know that the, the men from the diaspora are looking for, you know, wives or the men with money are looking for wives and they're looking for light-skinned wives, <laughs> what you going to do? You're going to prepare yourself, right, to be chosen. Yep. So they know exactly what they're doing and there's agency um, in terms of making this decision is not always, oh, these, you know, women who have low self-confidence, who don't know anything about themselves and about society. Well, no, it's more complicated it, than that. It's turned into like um, survival of the fittest almost. Uh, like you said, if you know mm-hmm. that this is what potential husbands are going to be looking for, just like anything else in life, if you, if you want to play devil's advocate for a second, you go to school to be more attractive to certain men. Mm-hmm. You get your hair done. So exactly. this could fall into the category of just positioning yourself better to, to receive that partner in life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then there's some women who are not even, like their end goal is not even like mm-hmm. a partner for financial freedom. Their end goal is to have their own business. And to be rich on their own terms. And to do that, you need capital, right? You need investment. So some crazy rich sugar daddy will give you, let's say, that $10,000 you need for your Mm -hmm. hair salon that you want to open. You bleach your skin. That man finds you attractive. You WhatsApp him your photos. He sends you $1,000 every two weeks or so. You're saving your money. You open your shop, a great deal. you cut that guy off, <laughs> <laughs> you're running your business. If you want, you can continue to bleach. If yeah. not, you're cool because you got your money. So that's, so like I'm saying, so it's, it's, it's so strategic, I think. And it's so smart because these men out here <laughs> just have money to blow. So if you, it's like you're competing for resources. It's like when a nonprofit mm-hmm. writes a grant for a foundation to get funding. When you write a grant to a foundation, you yeah. have to make yourself, That's you know, true. desirable, right? To get that money. Yeah. It's the same thing with skin bleaching. I know it's a crazy anecdote, like to to compare the two, but I don't. Yeah. I I think there there's similarities. I, I agree, and I'll draw maybe a closer comparison or anecdote where it's like if you are thin and you want to get thick. There are things that you do to get thick. If you're mm-hmm. more plump and you want to come down, yeah. you can go to the gym and work out. So it's like, is skin bleaching much different than those things? So I think the the overall question for me becomes like, what's mm-hmm. the reason why you're doing it? If you're doing it to your partner, that's different than if you're like, for yeah. my health or for my personal satisfaction, I want to do X, Y, Z. So whether it's skin bleaching or working out or getting, you know, butt injections, whatever it is, think it's the the root cause behind it that in this discussion we're trying to tease out um and and so we can rationalize Mm -hmm. why it's happening because it's not happening okay life everything in life is supply and demand 
if there weren't people who liked it, mm-hmm. people would probably stop doing it. So there is there is an appeal for someone yeah. out there, and that's why the phenomenon continues. So, and like the people who are like have these anti skin bleaching campaigns, they fail to rationalize it, and in their failure mm-hmm. to rationalize it, they're failing to stop what they see as a problem. So if you don't get into the heads of the people who are doing this thing, who are engaging in skin bleaching, then, because they're coming in saying, oh, you know, skin bleaching is bad for our skin. Like everybody knows that, but that's talking about the bleach itself. Remember those three aspects I was talking about Mm -hmm. in the beginning? That's just attacking the bleach itself. We all know there's chemicals in there that are really bad for our skin. That's really bad, especially when you're exposed to the sun. That's the biology of it. Mm -hmm. But then if you fail to address human beings, their context in which they operate in, their free will Mm -hmm. to make their own decisions about their life, then the campaigns are just, you know, they're not as strong as they they try to make themselves out to be. And some people argue these campaigns even need to exist. Mm -hmm. No, I I totally agree Mm -hmm. because if you think about like, you know, female empowerment, um, if you speak to one person who bleaches their skin and they maybe don't give you the best reason or the reason that you're looking for, you can't stop there and then assume all women who bleach also think like this. Mm-hmm. There, there are many, many uh, cases, to your point earlier, that women are being strategic about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And as clear cut as they don't like their skin color, so they're going to change it. Exactly. Um, there are um, bases that they're standing on for, for why they're doing the things they're doing. But I think um, in, in thinking about if these movements should even exist, I think if you want to have credibility as a movement for something like this, mm-hmm. you have to uh, address the op- opposing point of view. Yeah. Every good argument needs a rebuttal. And if you don't, uh, anticipate those kinds of like if somebody were to listen to this and be like well they're completely wrong because skin bleaching is bad Yeah, we're not saying it's not bad but we're also saying there may be another lens that we can look at it from exactly yeah. yeah there's people who bleach not just for the intent of whitening their skin there's people who use bleach to sort of because they're prescribed to, by their dermatologist to treat acne mm-hmm. spots or hyperpigmentation yeah. issues Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that layer too in it. Um, and overall, like sometimes they're even coerced into it. Like they don't have no choice Yeah. where like their husband might say, I want a lighter skin wife. If you don't bleach, I'm going to leave you. Like I've heard stories like that on the TV mm-hmm. yep. or friends sort of peer pressuring their friends to to bleach mm-hmm. or so they yeah so then there's like you said there's so many different ways of looking at it yeah and I think the subliminal uh, messaging too around bleaching in a society can push someone so mm-hmm. maybe when you're being forced like no one's twisting your arm to do it but in observing like oh the lighter skinned women always get the roles or the lighter skinned mm-hmm. women always have opportunities Again, you're, you're going to be like, well, you might be inclined to try to do that so you can position yourself better. Yeah. And when you go to the store and all you see is bleach. Mm-hmm. Like my cousin, she was um, WhatsApping me the other day because she went to the store to get some moisturizer in Seneca. And she said that everything had bleach in it. 
like everything had the hydroquinone whatever mm-hmm. thing on the label and she just wanted regular vaseline yep and she couldn't find it and i was like oh well i'm sorry <laughs> and i'm not going to be buying vaseline for you and sending it that's a lot of work but she <laughs> ended up like making her own moisturizer like mixing shea butter and papaya and other really mm-hmm. cool stuff and that's what she's putting on her skin so but she's she has time like if it was me like my lazy <laughs> person as a lazy person i would just grab the skin yeah. bleacher and put it on my skin because if that's all that's available to yeah. me too yeah. i'm gonna rub that on my skin and just call it a day so mm-hmm. accessibility too which is very yeah. interesting because you would think that you know in a shop that sells beauty products, they would have less skin bleaching products and more, you know, Absolutely. other products. Right. I think but... it's interesting you mentioned the hydroquinone um, because mm-hmm. in, in the coercion, I've heard friends and family say, like, oh, but this product doesn't have hydroquinone, so it's healthier, even though the same objective mm-hmm. is to bleach your skin. Um, but it has, like, some other, other toxic. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. Would I feel mm-hmm. different if we got to a place where a safe, harmless product was invented so people could bleach your skin? I don't know. I, I think about that. If it was, if it was safe and harmless, then I then but then people. The argument too is that because it's politicized, mm-hmm. that's the issue. Is like these women are automatically seen as making a mm. political choice by making the decision to bleach you are it's not necessarily mm-hmm. anti-black, but you are um, opting into the white supremacist yeah. agenda. That sounds really outrageous, but that's what some people think. Is like, it's, a, it's I don't know if what I'm saying is making any sense. That, that, mm-hmm. that single decision is tied to an oppressive institution and sort of buying into that yeah. oppressive institution when many women are not even thinking mm-hmm. that far up ahead. Like when you go to the store, like those institutions definitely influence mm-hmm. what's attractive to us, what's power, what's privilege, yeah. of course. But at the end of the, of the day, sometimes we have to see individual decisions as individual decisions that exist within yeah. these institutions. But don't necessarily like these decisions aren't made with the intention of empowering mm-hmm. those institutions. It, it did, I, I don't know if did. any of that made sense. No, it did. Okay. Yeah. So like that separation. It's is like you key. said earlier, you have individuals who make up a society. And so we can't overgeneralize mm-hmm. and say this is the one reason why this thing exists. Yeah. Exactly. And to take it back to to the U.S. context here, like we mm-hmm. people bleach their skin here in the U.S. too, and yeah. there's colorism here in the U.S. Like there's pretty privilege here in the U.S. So we tend to take skin bleaching and situate it as a problem in Africa, the African continent, as a problem in India, as a problem in places outside the developed world. Exists, We're in the developed yeah. world. We have it. Because it might exist under yeah. a different and, name. and the same phenomenon of of fairer skin being more favorable is one of the root causes. Mm-hmm. 
So it doesn't it doesn't change. Yeah. And I think that's interesting in the sense that it, it isn't different in the US. Like it looks different, but at the root of it's it it's not... the exact same thing. And I think the reason why here, um, maybe it's not as, as stark is I might not see somebody on a day to day basis who bleaches. You know, we see the celebrities, uh we, we know a few who mm-hmm. might bleach, but the difference is back home, you might see every couple feet yeah. that you walk, somebody might be bleaching. Whereas in, in the U.S., it's very um, mm-hmm. segmented who are those skin bleachers, whether it's celebrity or other immigrant groups that we talked about yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. And now, too, like... um I guess what's sort of different now in the U.S. and then in Senegal is like the dark, the whole dark skin girl movement, and it, is, it does exist too now in Senegal. Mm-hmm. Like I see, like lots of female rappers, people in the entertainment industry, like mm-hmm. you know, really repping dark skin. And some people argue that oh, we care about dark skin now because now it's profitable. Now people are making the shea butter creams and the creams that don't have hydroquinone or other. Mm-hmm skin bleaching agents like now they're able to sell their products because of the dark skin influencers on instagram so that's Mm -hmm. why there's a movement because there's money to be made and i was like that's true but i also don't want to believe that's the only reason why but i'm I'm, mm -hmm. yeah i I don't think that's the only reason why but it also would be a similar reason to why we got the skin bleaching in Mm -hmm. the first place is that one profitable and it was commercialized It was seen as an attractive thing. So, uh, again, we can't always fault the, the bleachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but uh, we can always fault the people mm-hmm. who bleach because if the people who are proud of their dark skin are proud because it is seen as attractive or it's mm-hmm. being um, advocated for, that was the same reason why someone might have bleached in the yeah. past. I think, like, right now, but no, I I'm sorry, go ahead. I like the dark skin girl movement. Yeah, me too, because I'm dark skin, so <laughs> a little yeah. bit biased. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Were you no, I said say? that like this topic for I think for both of us has been very difficult to get through because there is so many different lenses. So I it's hard to sort of take out a definitive takeaway or argument out of all of this. And I think the reason mm-hmm. why is that there is no right answer in terms of understanding why if bleaching is right or wrong. So it's not black or white, no pun intended. And (laughs) we can't assume the politics of the bleacher. Just because someone, I hate bleacher too. I hate, why why are we saying that word? (laughs) I I said it and it didn't sound right earlier. I was like, wait a minute. We can't assume the politics of someone who bleaches. Yes, just yes. because someone decides to lighten their skin, we cannot assume that they're anti-black, that they're not self-confident, that they mm-hmm. are colorist or whatever. They can be, but we can't assume that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. This was definitely a hard topic to get through. And and it's interesting because you and I are both dark mm-hmm. skin. So it's like, are we even... Are we even credible enough to talk about this topic? Yeah, but who do you invite <laughs> but, to, to, to represent exactly, people who bleach their skin? And that's exactly what it's going to get to is like, one, you can't just assume. I mean, if we want to in our own heads, we can be like, yeah, she's bleaching. <laughs> but you never truly yeah. know. 
so to your point, in this, in not assuming the politics, we also can't assume that someone yeah. is bleacher. Oh goodness, <laughs> someone who bleacher. invite like vibes cartel. I know he yeah he would be a good invite. Someone said that he bleaches so that he can run from the law, but I felt like he was bleaching before they found those bodies underneath his house. Oh yeah, he's always been a bleacher. Yeah, no, he can't he can't outrun the law. <laughs> <laughs> love him but no <laughs> but no thank you this was a really good discussion I'm glad that we were able to share skincare routines I mm-hmm. took some notes actually drinking water great um, but getting into something that isn't so um, black and white no pun intended like you said mm-hmm. and we encourage people to take this discussion offline um, mm-hmm. and give us your thoughts like we said since it's such a nuanced topic you might have another insight that we didn't talk about today. So leave a comment um, in our, on our Instagram page at Joko Podcast underscore underscore two underscores. Or send us an email at jokopodcast at gmail.com with any other um, questions you may have or other any other topics you want to hear discussed on this podcast. And if we like your email, you might even be a guest. So. Yes interact with us now we look forward to hearing from you all thank you thanks